This morning, God's Word comes to us from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5. Matthew 5 is Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. We're going to be reading just verses 13 through 16 of this chapter this morning. Matthew 5, beginning at verse 13. What we hear now is God's Word. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Here we end the reading of God's holy word. I invite you to turn to the back of your blue psalters, the back section, and page 60. This is the Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 47, and this morning we're going to read together question 122, 122, and that's found on page 60 in the back section of the Psalter hymnal. Question, I will read the question, you can respond together with the answer. Question 122, referring to the Lord's Prayer, what does the first request mean? Hallowed be thy name means, help us to really know you, to bless, worship, and praise you for all your works and from all that shines forth from them. Your almighty power, wisdom, kindness, justice, mercy, and truth. And it means, Help us to direct our living, what we think, say, and do, so that your name will never be blasphemed because of us, but always honored and praised. Well, we are looking together at the Lord's Prayer, and last week we looked at the address of the Lord's Prayer, that prayer that Christ himself taught us to pray, And when we address God, we may address Him as our Father. Yes, He is glorious Creator. Yes, He is King over all the universe. But we may address Him as Father. We have a personal relationship with that God. After the address in the Lord's Prayer, Our Father who art in heaven, we then go on and we see that there are six petitions, six requests that are made. And that will take up our time the next several weeks together, the requests, the petitions of the Lord's Prayer. The first petition, hallowed be thy name. Now children, hallowed is a word that we do not use very often. I don't imagine you use that word at home very much or use that word at school very much. I would imagine outside the Lord's Prayer, we hardly ever use the word hallowed. Hallowed just means 
to make holy. To make holy. It is a prayer that God's name would be held in honor. A prayer that there would be high regard for the name of God. A prayer that His name would be holy. Now there are really two common errors when we think about that first petition, hallowed be thy name. The first error is some think that this is a statement about God. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your name is holy. But it's not a statement. It is a petition. It is a request. It's a request that God's name be hallowed. A request that His name be holy. The second error, second confusion, is if it is a petition, if it's a request, then perhaps it's a request that God somehow change. That He become more holy. A prayer on His behalf. But God is perfectly holy. He is perfectly righteous. He is perfect in all of His attributes. No, hallowed be your name, is not a petition that something changed in God. Hallowed be your name is a petition that something changed in us. And that's what's reflected in the Heidelberg Catechism. Hallowed be your name means help us to really know you, to bless, worship, and praise you. Help us to direct our living, that you are always honored and praised. It's a prayer that something changed in us. Help us, O oh God, to give you more glory, to make your name more glorious, to hallow you in all that we do. And that certainly can increase. We can have a greater respect for the holiness of the name of God. We're looking this morning at a portion of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount a portion where he describes those who follow him as salt and as light. And as we look at these few verses together, we see how these, these pictures of salt and light speak of two ways in which we hallow the name of God. We hallow God's name by what we know, and we hallow God's name by what we do. Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. And the first thing we notice is, is he is describing what his followers are. He doesn't say you should be the salt of the earth. This is what you are. You are salt because of your relationship with me. You are salt because your life is found in me. Because I have chosen you, because I have saved you, you now are the salt of the earth. And those who know the glory of that salvation, what Christ has done for them, he says, you must remain salt. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It's no good for anything to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Christ has brought us into a relationship with Him, and we are to remain in that relationship 
Certainly he holds us fast in the palm of his hand. But we, from our side, are to pursue a greater relationship with him. Our confession, help us to really know you. That's the prayer. Hallowed be your name means help us to really know you. Not just uh, know about you. Not just uh, know that you exist. Not just be able to list your attributes, who you are, God. Even the devils can do that. The devil knows, knows who God is. No, help us to know you. To, to deepen that relationship with you. You are our Father. We talked about that last week. You are our Father, a personal relationship. Help us to grow in our knowledge of who you are. Like our children with us. My, my kids know me. Uh, if you ask my kids about me, uh, they will tell you that uh, I like to tell uh, dumb jokes around the house. Uh, they will tell you that when I get in the pulpit, it's not uncommon that I stutter at times. They know me well because they've lived with me. They've spent time with me. They are part of my family. That is to be the relationship that we cultivate with God. Help us to really know you, to grow in our relationship with you. Why do my kids know me so well? They have lived with me. For 20-some years, they have lived with me. God brings us into a relationship with him, and we are now called to grow in that relationship. We, we grow by, by spending time with him, by spending time in his word. This is where God reveals himself. We get to know him here. How much time do we spend getting to know our Father? How much time do we spend listening to him speak? Now, it's a wonderful thing for us to come together on a Sunday morning, for us to come together on a Sunday evening and spend time together listening to our God and listening to him speak to us. It's a wonderful thing. It's a blessed thing. But it's not enough. It's not enough to come once a week on a Sunday morning, on a Sunday evening, and hear our God. We have to, we have to live with Him. If our children only got to spend an hour or two a week with us, how well would they know us? Help us to really know you. Know who you are. And God has certainly given us means by which we know him. Spending time in devotion. Spending time in his word. And I know, I know all the objections. I know the busyness of our lives. I recognize um, my work, my job, uh, is very different than many others. It is my privilege, uh, week after week, to labor in God's Word. That's what my job is, to spend time in the Word of God. And let me just say, to any of you young men who are considering the gospel ministry, there is no more wonderful calling 
than being able to, to labor in the Word of God, to minister that Word to His people in church, in their homes, in the hospitals. There is no more wonderful calling than to be a minister, one who brings the Word of God. But I recognize that not everyone has that type of job. I, I say, um, I haven't always been a minister, as you know. I used to be in the restaurant business. I say, I, I used to have uh, you know, a real job. I had a real job before. And so I know how busy life is. I know how hard it is to spend time in the Word. But this is our Father. This is our God. This is our prayer. Help us to really know You. And if we take that prayer seriously, we will make time to spend with our God. Just as we make time in our relationship with our spouse, in our relationship with our children, we make time in our relationship with our God. We are the salt. And if that salt loses its taste, it is no longer salty. It's not good for anything anymore. Our confession, help us to really know you, to bless, worship, and praise you for all your works, for all that shines forth from them, your almighty power, wisdom, kindness, justice, mercy, and truth, to reflect upon the justice and mercy of God. Yes, he is a just God. Yes, he is a righteous God. Yes, he is a God who punishes sin, but he is also merciful and gracious and kind. He is the God who forgives our sins, who washes us and cleanses us through His Son, Jesus Christ. Help us to know You, O God. The power of Your justice. The glory of Your mercy. That is our prayer. Hallowed be Your name. Help us to really know You. Jesus describes us as salt. He describes us as light. You are the light of of the world. And light, by its very nature, will have an effect on the things around it. Light shines. Light illumines. If there's light there, it is evident. It is seen. And that's what we have in our, in our, our, our confession as well. Not only help us to know you, it means help us to direct our living. May we live in a way that brings glory to you. Jesus says, you're the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor is it intended that way. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. But put it on a stand and it gives light to all in the house. It is the intention of light to affect those around it. And Jesus says, that is what is to be, what you are to be. You are to be light and have an effect on those around you. Not only help us to know you, help us to direct our living, what we think, what we say, and what we do to bring praise to God. It's a prayer regarding our thought life. Hallowed be your name. Help us to honor you. Help us to, to, to recognize your holiness in our thought life. Because it seems that so many sins begin in our thoughts. Anger, lust, vengeance, covetousness. So many sins begin inside. 
They begin with what we think. And Jesus addresses that in the, uh, in the Sermon on the Mount as well, down in verse uh, 21. He says, You have heard it said of old, you shall not murder. That's an external act. You shall not murder. Whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you, everyone who is angry with his brother is liable to judgment. Anger comes from within. What we think. It says in verse 27, You have heard it was said, you shall not commit adultery. External. But I say to you, everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery. That's internal. Help us in our thought life to honor you. The things that we think about. So many, so many sins begin here. We begin to imagine, what would it be like to do this particular thing? Oh, I, I won't do it, but I'm just going to think about it. And we roll it over in our minds, and, and, and we, we court that thought. And it begins to take root not only in our head, but in our heart as well. And we find ourselves eventually doing things we say, I could never have imagined I would do. Yes, we did imagine it. We thought about it. We didn't cleanse that thought from within. Help us in the things that we think to honor you, to keep your name holy. And you say, well, you, you, know, you can't control what you think. Yes, you can. And, and sometimes it is as perhaps simplistic as it sounds to replace what we are thinking, to replace that with what God would have us think. When we find our minds beginning to go in places that they should not go, we should turn immediately to the Word of God because there is power in the Word. Power to change not only hearts, power to change the way that we think. It's very difficult to consciously sin against God in our minds while consciously reading His Holy Word. Help us in what we think to honor You, to hallow your name help us in what we say how we speak to those around us and i find it so interesting that so many times with regard to those that we work with with regard to um, perhaps our neighbors or the general public we can be very civil even gracious and then we come home and with those with whom we live we can be so harsh and, and careless with our words. We can be so kind to others, but at home, we, we, we lose all sense of kindness and courtesy, even as simple as talking to your spouse and saying to them, please and thank you, rather than just get me that thing. <laughs> Would you please? What we say, help us in what we say to honor you. How we speak to our children. Do we speak to our children as, as a precious gift from God or as an inconvenience? Help us in what we say to honor you, to live for you, not only in our thought life, but the things that we say as well. And, of course, in the things that we do. That's our confession. Help us to direct all our living 
what we think, say, and do, so your name will never be blasphemed because of us, but always honored and praised. Our prayer is that what we do would bring glory to God. Again, a city on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do we intend to hide a light that's placed, we don't put it under a basket, we put it on a stand so others can see. Our actions will speak of our relationship with God. For some people who do not know God, their only connection may be through you. Perhaps your neighbors, perhaps your co-workers, perhaps your classmates. The only thing they know about God, they will see in you. And what they see in you, they will attribute to Him. When you live in a certain way, they will think, well, that's what God expects and that's what God is like. One of the major criticisms of the church is that we live lives of hypocrisy. We confess one thing and we live another way. We must pray that what we do hallow God's name. What we do would bring glory to Him. Now we know we are fallen and we know we are sinful and we know we will not always keep the law of God perfectly. And when our unbelieving friend or co-worker or neighbor sees that and points that out in us, our response should not be to make excuses for what we have done. That's a natural reaction. Our response should be, you're right. I'm not living what I confess to believe. You're right. God would not have me live this way, and I am going to go and I'm going to ask Him for forgiveness. That will certainly take the wind out of their sails. When you acknowledge, yes, we are not living as we should, but I have a God who will forgive me when I turn to Him, and that opens the door for the conversation, and He will forgive you as well. If you would but confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, all of your sins would be taken away. You would be clothed with Christ's righteousness. And that, that terrible example of hypocrisy becomes an entrance for the gospel. That God would be praised by what we think and say and do. Jesus says, in the same way, let your light shine before others so they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. When we are living consistently with the law of God and one of our neighbors says, oh, you live such a good life, you're such a good person, and we say, no, it's our God who's a good God. We do not take the glory to ourselves. We don't say, yes, we're doing so well. No, no, you have to know my God. A God who has washed me, who has cleansed me, who has given me a new life in Christ Jesus. And because of what he has done, I now want to live in a way that is pleasing to him. That is to hallow God's name. To, 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 to see a change in us that God might be seen as even more glorious, as more gracious, as more holy. It's a beautiful prayer. Hallowed be thy name. Help us to really know you. Help us to live for you. It's a beautiful prayer. And a prayer to be prayed seriously, deliberately, 
It, it is not honoring to God to pray the prayer, hallowed be your name, and then live in a way contrary to that, position, to that petition, contrary to that request. We must, we must continually bow before God, asking Him to strengthen us, asking us to live in a way that is pleasing to Him. We are not to pray the prayer, hallowed be your name, help us to really know you, and then seldom open our Bibles or seldom come to church. If we truly want to pray the Lord's Prayer, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, that will change us. It is a life-changing prayer. A prayer that God, by the work of His Spirit, because of what Christ has done, would live in us in such a way that we might continually grow in our knowledge of God and continually grow in our ability to live for Him in what we think, what we say, and what we do. That God would change us and conform us into the image of His Son. Oh, may God help us to truly, to sincerely, to deliberately pray, hallowed be your name. Let's join together in prayer. Lord our God, you are great and you are glorious. You are a God who is perfect in all that you do. And we confess, oh God, our own sinfulness and our fallenness. And yet we have been redeemed by the blood of your Son, Jesus Christ, and your Holy Spirit does live and dwell within us. Help us, O God, to hallow your name. Help us to truly know you and to grow in that knowledge through your Holy Word. And help us, O God, to, to live for you in every part of our life, our thought life, the words that we say, the things that we do. May you never be blasphemed because of us, but always honored and praised. That is our prayer, O oh God. Hear us for Jesus' sake. Amen.